relative humidity is standing at 95%. And that's the news from RTHK. Good morning. Welcome to Back Chat. I'm Danny Giddings. And this is Philip Wong. On today's Back Chat, we're talking about calls to include a 75% increase in tobacco tax in next month's budget. Experts predict the proposal from the Hong Kong Council on Smoking and Health could persuade 28,000 smokers to quit and prevent more than 9,000 premature deaths in the longer term. And while pushing the price of a pack of cigarettes above the $100 mark is likely to make many smokers think about trying to kick the habit, critics have long raised concerns about the psychological and financial impact such big price increases could have on the most addicted groups. So is this an incentive or is it a punishment? We'd love to know what you think of these proposals. Do call us anytime on 233-88266 and join the conversation. Or you can WhatsApp us, the number there, 6899-8518. Feel free to comment on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio Free, or of course you can email us at backchat at RTHK on RTHK. And after 9.45, we will get an overview of this year's just concluded Operation Santa Claus Charity Drive. Joining us for the uh, main segment of uh, our discussion this morning, we have Henry Tong. Henry Tong is the chair of the Hong Kong Council on Smoking and Health. We also have Dr. Derek Chung from uh, University of Hong Kong, assistant professor in the uh, Lee Kashing Faculty of Medicine School of Nursing. And we also have Dr. Judith Mackay, director of the Asian Consultancy on Tobacco Control. Good morning, all. Welcome to Back Chat. Henry Tong, let, let's start with you because uh, this proposal comes from, of course, comes from the Hong Kong Council on uh, Smoking and Health. Can you can you explain why you're speaking up now, Henry Tong? Well, uh, good morning. Uh, the government last year uh, raised a modest increase uh, for tobacco tests for 31.5%. Uh, we feel that that's not enough uh, to motivate a lot of uh, smokers to quit. But still, uh, last year we saw that uh, the number of uh, smokers calling uh, the uh, uh, health department hotline for uh, helping them to quit smoking has uh, overall increased uh, for 55%. So we see the incentive that uh, it, uh, 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 tobacco tax hike uh, has given uh, to uh, smokers uh, to quit. Uh, currently, the, uh, the tobacco tax in, uh, in the retail price of Hong Kong tobacco is about 46, 64%, which is uh, still quite uh, far away from the 75% mark, uh, which the World Health Organization has recommended. So we propose that uh, the government increase the tobacco tax for at least 75% to uh, make, uh, make that up. And also we propose to the government that there should be a policy for continuous uh, for tobacco tax increase above uh, the inflation mark every year. Uh, you want this in the budget, right? That, I mean, the budget's coming uh, yes. out. Yes. Um, right. uh, of course, we, might, we should remember the government ha- had a consultation on anti-smoking measures last year, didn't they? And uh, this increasing the price of uh, tobacco tax was one of the proposals put forward for consideration in the consultation exercise. Uh, that's right. And uh, it, it's not uh, in the consultation exercise, not just uh, consulting for uh, a tobacco tax increase uh, in one year, but a continuous uh, tobacco tax increase uh, above uh, the uh, infl- inflation mark. And also, uh, we, uh, according to uh, uh, economists that, that we engage, uh, Dr. Hannah Ross, her, her study is that uh, increasing tobacco tax for reducing uh, 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 number of smokers, uh, not just uh, reduce number of smokers, but uh, her study shows that the social cost to Hong Kong for people smoking is about 
44.8 billion Hong Kong dollars uh, per mm-hmm. year for medical costs and other social costs, reducing uh, the number of smokers definitely reduced the social costs for Hong Kong too. Uh, Mr. Tong, so you mentioned, I think last year in uh, February, we increased the tobacco tax up to around 33%, uh, 63%. I mean, how effective was it? I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about whether increasing this up to 75% will have any major effects. Well, uh, for the increase of uh, uh, 75% uh, tobacco tax, according to uh, economist uh, Dr. Henry Ross' uh, re- uh, review, uh, should, uh, will effectively reduce uh, the uh, non, uh, uh, smoking preference in Hong Kong for 0.7% from uh, 9.5% to 8.8%. But that still, uh, <coughs> that still doesn't meet uh, the government's uh, KPI for having a smoking preference for 7.8% or below uh, uh, by the year 2025. So we also advocate that uh, the government uh, should have a comprehensive plan, comprehensive measures to uh, reduce uh, smoking preference with other uh, effective measures such as uh, enlarging the legal non-smoking areas and, and also banning free, uh, uh, flavored uh, cigarettes in Hong Kong, which are methanol, and also uh, also. Uh, uh, also, uh, having plain packaging, which is having a warning sign uh, at 100% of the package of uh, of uh, of, uh, of uh, cigarette packs, uh, those are uh, also uh, effective ways to reduce uh, smoking preference. Now, in your uh, letter to the financial secretary, um, you put forward the rather interesting argument that this is a poverty release relief policy. You increase the price, people give up smoking, and then they save money. Well, that's one possibility, but the, the other possibility is that they're, they're too addicted, they continue smoking, and then that, that's certainly not poverty relief. That's the opposite, isn't it? It's going to uh, well, attack well, some poor uh, people. Uh, cigarette is that's a, definitely not a necessity for day-to-day lives. It only bring harms harms to the people who smoke, the, uh, bring harms to the people around them because of uh, secondhand smoke and increase the so- social cost of, of the whole society. Uh, that's why we should use every measure that we could take uh, to encourage uh, them uh, to, uh, to quit uh, smoking. Uh, our, uh, our study shows that uh, an average uh, smoker, they smoke 13 sticks uh, every day, which translates to about 1,500 Hong Kong dollars per month or 18,000 Hong Kong dollars uh, per year. Uh, if we are able to encourage them to quit smoking, the eighteen thousand Hong Kong dollars per year could do a lot of things for the people in the low income bra- uh, brackets, whether they pay rent uh, for 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 their uh, for, for for their homes or they uh, they buy books and, uh, and and education expense for 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 their children. So definitely, uh, that that is a public health policy which will benefit uh, uh, smokers, and particularly in the low income bracket. You also put forward this rather interesting argument that uh, increasing tobacco tax is a positive impact on public finances because um, uh, you raise more money from the high tax. But then, of course, if the goal of increasing the tobacco tax is for people to stop smoking, it could, it could be quite the opposite. I, I know there's been some discussion in uh, some countries. That, I mean, the government gets so much money from tobacco tax. If um, people stop smoking, it's a, it's a serious problem for public finances. Yeah, in, in a short run, uh, the, uh, 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 the increase in tobacco tax could uh, increase the... Uh, government uh, tax revenue and we propose to the government that those government uh, increase the government revenue if there were any uh, should be funneled uh, to uh, help uh, people in the low income bracket uh, uh, for medical vouchers for seniors and also for further uh, uh, smoking cessation services uh, in Hong Kong. But in the long run, uh, uh, raising the budget has will encourage uh, people to quit and in the long run, 
uh, we hope that uh, no one smoke. So, uh, so uh, therefore, there wouldn't be any uh, uh, tobacco tax uh, revenue. And I remember uh, quite clearly, uh, the Hong Kong government, the different uh, financial secretary have repeatedly uh, stated that uh, tobacco tax is a public health policy. It's not a fiscal policy. Increase government revenue. And, 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 and I remember the financial secretary last year said that if because of uh, increase of tobacco tax and other tobacco control measures uh, lead to uh, no body smoke in Hong Kong, then there's no tax revenue. And the government is even happier because uh, people are healthier. And also it, uh, it lowered the social costs uh, brought by uh, 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 smoking. So this drop from you mentioned, if we do increase by uh, up to 75%, you will expect to see an, um, smokers decrease from 9.5 to 8.7. I mean, that, that drop doesn't seem too too big for, for me. I mean, shouldn't we use those resources on other things like promoting um, a healthy lifestyle instead? Uh, well, uh, uh, we know that from experience in Hong Kong and around the world, uh, tobacco control must be a multi-pronged uh, comprehensive plan. Uh, it's not just a single plan. But on the other hand, uh, increasing for tobacco tax uh, from research in Hong Kong and overseas has, has shown that uh, increasing for tobacco tax has, has, been, uh, the one of, uh, has been the single most effective factor uh, to encourage uh, quitting smoking. But of course, uh, uh, other measures we should uh, also uh, strengthen, uh, such as uh, what you mentioned, uh, in, in improving public education and also uh, improving uh, the free uh, uh, free, uh, free uh, smoking cessation uh, 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 services, and also uh, uh, increasing the needle lot non-smoking area, and also many are, there are many other measures, such as those uh, 14 measures in in the public consultation uh, last year that the government should take. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, 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 that was Henry Tong, uh, the chair of the Hong Kong Council on uh, Smoking and Health, who joined us just now uh, to explain this proposal they've put forward ahead of the uh, the budget for a uh, 75% uh, increase in uh, tobacco tax, or, or is increase to 75%, sorry, of the, uh, of the cost of a, a packet of cigarettes and saying that that should not be the end of the story. There should be annual increases. Um, uh, if, you've any, if, you've, if, if you've got any thoughts, whether you think that's a good idea or, or a bad idea, do, do let us know. Um, you can call us anytime on 233 Um Particularly, it has to be said, uh, on the, most of our, our, our guests this morning are on, on the side of um, more, more, more restrictions in terms of smoking. If, you've got, if you're on the other side, or, um, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Um, uh, one listener who uh, has slightly different views already on Facebook, uh, Mike, you're very welcome to call and uh, join the discussion. But let me initially bring in uh, your comment on Facebook, uh, picking up on uh, a... Um, on another proposal had been put forward in the government's consultation saying banning smoking while walking question mark some comrades might fully support this is a step too far encourage the cessation increase the prices and prohibit indoor smoking in public places is great but if you come down too hard on personal freedoms you will create a backlash you will not want uh, thank you mike and feel free to call in and elaborate now let me introduce again um, our, our, our guest for the remainder of the main segment of the show uh, we have um, Dr. Derek Chung, who from the University of Hong Kong's School of Nursing. We have Dr. Judith Mackay from the Asian Consultancy on Tobacco Control. And we're also joined by David Sweener. David Sweener is an adjunct professor of law and chair of the Advisory Committee of Law, Policy and Ethics at the University of Ottawa. Let's start with a veteran campaign on these issues, Judith Mackay. Judith Mackay, did you think this proposal from, I'm sure, I presume you 
support it, this proposal from the Hong Kong Council on Smoking and Health. Um, do you think it stands any chance of success? I think it does. I mean, I've been supporting tax increases for 40 years <laughs> yes, of campaigning in Hong Kong. That's why I came to you first, <laughs> yes, because I know it's not exactly new to you. <laughs> to try and reduce tobacco use. But I think um, I would certainly agree with, with the Council of Smoking and Health. But I would like to add one really important element, and that is children. Um, this hasn't been discussed yet. But if you look at the number of smokers who quit, that's important. But equally important is preventing young people from smoking. And we know that the frontal lobes in your brain develop at about the age of 23. And that is where you are then able to make long-term, you know, sensible life decisions. And we found throughout the world that there's not a single country where the average age of starting smoking is about 20. So if we can stop children smoking, and the best way to do that is, in fact, a fiscal measure, you just price it out of the pockets of children. And if you can get them over the hump until they're about 22, 23, they will never start smoking. So this, in fact, is a pro-child measure. It's a pediatric measure as well to try and stop our young people in Hong Kong starting to smoke. Now, uh, Dr. Mackay, I, I agree with you that it will definitely discourage, you know, teenagers from trying to trying to smoke. And, you know, for the average Joe, you know, if they see a price increase, they'll probably groan a little bit, but still purchase cigarettes. But on the other side of the spectrum for, you know, the really older um, adults, you know, those who are not uh, working or those who are like, you know, relatively old, they're going to, you know, consider seriously whether to continue smoking or not. But I think proper support will be needed to provide for them, right? What kind of support can they, you know, get? Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head by saying tax increases do encourage adult smokers to quit smoking. And there is this question and concern about, you know, the poor old men who sit around in sort of parks. It's their only pleasure in life. But in fact, the Asian Development Bank produced a very comprehensive report on tobacco taxes. And they said it was a win-win measure for fiscal space and health. Um, and what they basically concluded throughout Asia, this is the Asian Development Bank, they said that it, what it does do, um, putting up the tax, it con because smoking contributes to poverty traps from diseases leading to many household consequences. So if you put up the tax, you actually re it results in direct and indirect health benefits that outweigh the impact on household incomes of the poor. And the Asian Development I'm sorry Bank to interrupt, sorry, but you do agree there is an impact on the household, because you're saying outweigh, but there is, is an impact on household incomes of the poor then. There's an impact on household incomes by smoking. And also, I mean, there's huge... And there's an um, income uh, yeah, there's a, by smoking, and then there's an, uh, there's an impact by higher, pricing, higher prices for cigarettes, isn't there? Yes, but the encouragement will, will absolutely lead to people quitting smoking, and therefore it's a positive health, it's a positive fiscal measure within a poor family to quit smoking, and that's what increasing taxes does do. I mean, many people have said, why don't we just ban tobacco? And that's actually not the answer. If you look at America with alcohol 100 years ago, it just led to crime and corruption. So what every government is doing is using tools at its disposal, whether it's taxation, whether it's smoke-free areas, whether it's packet warnings and so on, to push the frontiers back. And to come back to an earlier point, if you reduce smoking in a community by 1% a year, you're doing pretty well. 
I mean, mm. that's actually almost the gold standard. There's no quick fix for this tobacco epidemic, but we have to persevere and do everything at our disposal to try and stop people dying from it. It's as simple as that. And also, in addition to actually spending a huge amount of the household income on tobacco. Okay, we have several other guests, so let's bring in uh, Dr. Derek Chung from uh, the um, University of Hong Kong. Uh, Dr. Chung, good morning. Welcome to Back Chat. Good morning. Um, now, just to, to, I mean, there, there are all, all these estimates that um, increasing the price will um, reduce the, the rate of smoking in Hong Kong. How, how much difference would that? And then there, there are these estimates, which I think came from overseas, in terms of the um, of the number of uh, deaths that can be avoided. I mean, how how accurate are those kind of estimates? Well, actually, uh, in uh, our university, our university has. Done uh, several researches on this area. Uh, in previous paper, we shown that actually every year the death, the mortality of uh, uh, due to smoking, active smoking, also secondhand smoke exposure. Every year we have uh, more than six thousand people die due to uh, tobacco. So um, I think uh, the what what uh, the the last time the course press conference have mentioned. Uh, by Henry Ross, uh, the reduction of this uh, preference, if we reduce it uh, by 1% uh, of the, for, for example, I think it's a rough figure, is that uh, for 1% reduce in uh, preference, then around 100,000 100, people, 100,000 smokers would quit smoking. And then, and in fact, because we know that, uh, very simple speaking, one in two smokers will be died of smoking uh, prematurely due to those uh, tobacco-related diseases. So you may, you may imagine that about around 50,000 pe- people would be, um, the, the, the premature death would be prevented. So it is a really huge impact, very huge uh, benefit to the yeah, That's we- r- rather larger than, I mean, the press release from COST referred to uh, just over 9,000 lives being saved. You're, you're saying 50,000. There's a big difference there. Uh, well, it's, it's just a very rough, rough figure because uh, in Hong Kong, we have around, it's just a uh, very rough estimation. We have 7 million people. We have 600,000 600, uh, smokers. So you, you can imagine around 1% uh, reduction in the preference way with, uh, is around 100,000 smokers to be uh, involved. So uh, it's, it's just very rough estimation here. Now, Dr. Chung, um, I just want to ask about, you know, those people who are, you know, deciding to quit smoking, you know, it's, it, at the end of the day, long term wise, it's, it's good for their health if they quit smoking. But, you know, during that journey where they're trying to quit, I mean, people smoke because it's addictive, right? So, you know, what, mm. what are the ways that they could do to make sure that, you know, that they could quit successfully or are there any avenues that they could look into or get support from? Well, I think in Hong Kong is a uh, very good places that we have very good uh, services in smoking cessation. And, and the most effective approaches in uh, quitting smoking is, of course, to combine uh, the behavioral uh, treatment, uh, counseling, and also medication. And actually, all these services are, are free or are very low cost in Hong Kong. And we really, really encourage, uh, uh, because we know that uh, 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 tobacco use is really addiction. And people get addicted to this smoking, and they have to uh, uh, to have to need some help, some uh, professional help, counseling, and medication to help. And, and as these uh, services are really affordable for the people to use and very accessible, and we have all these services in Hong Kong, so we encourage people to use these services provided by Hong Kong, by, by the government. So, and and this is also 
needs are uh, of course uh, the the smokers uh, motivation is important but also we need some other uh, support from for example the families the friends and also the government measures and the whole environment uh, mental policy that to to motivate people to create when actually people think that uh, we have some survey show showing that um the reasons that people find uh, they 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 find uh, smoking they, they want to quit is one of them is because of the secrets is is it's more and more expensive nowadays. So it's actually one of the motivating factors uh, for, for the uh, people to quit. Okay, we're discussing the uh, Hong Kong Council on uh, Smoking and Health's uh, proposal that um, uh, tobacco tax should uh, be increased in the budget uh, to 75% of the cost of a pack of cigarettes, driving it up for a pack of cigarettes up over $100. Uh, over $100. We'd love to hear from you. You can call us on 233-88266 or you're or welcome to uh, email us or comment on our Facebook page. Uh, you just heard uh, Dr. Derek Chung from uh, School of Nursing at the University of Hong Kong. Uh, now let's bring in uh, another guest, uh, David Sweener uh, from from uh, uh, the University of Ottawa. Um, uh, g- good morning, or I guess it's uh, good evening, um, <laughs> Professor Sridhar. Thank you yeah. for staying up uh, to join us. Um, more, more generally, what, what's your take on this strategy of um, basically pricing smokers out of the market? Well, I mean, we've certainly known for for many decades that increasing the price of cigarettes does reduce cigarette consumption. Uh, I played a key role in getting that into the uh, uh, the, the global uh, armamentarium of tobacco control. But we also have to recognize that this is a course of measure. And I think if we're trying to align what we're doing with public health, we now have far more that we can use to uh, the, the tax will motivate people to want to quit. But as Judith was saying, and Judith and I do go back over 40 years, I when we are seeing countries reducing cigarette smoking by 1% per year, that, that's been good. Uh, in the past, if we get tax increases and reduce cigarette sales by a few percent, that, that was outstanding. But we're now seeing countries that are reducing cigarette sales rapidly because they're giving alternatives to people. And that's what we, we didn't have before with cigarette taxes we had nowhere for them to go. So it's like screaming fire in, in a theater, but the exits are locked. There's, there's, they don't have many options. So you, we're adding tremendously to the stress of, of people who aren't going to be able to quit their financial hardship. We now have, you know, to pick up on the certain things that Henry is saying that we need to take every measure we can to help people quit smoking. And what we know and have known for a long time is that it isn't, the nicotine that's killing people, it's inhaling the smoke. So sure, we can put up the price of cigarettes, but give people alternatives. So if we look at the countries that have, have been most successful at reducing smoking in recent years, it's places like Japan, uh, Sweden, Norway, Iceland, New Zealand, countries that have allowed people to have an alternative non-combustion form of nicotine And if we use pricing in conjunction with that, if we have risk proportionate taxation, risk proportionate regulation, we can essentially eliminate cigarette smoking because we've given people somewhere to go. We're motivating it, but we're facilitating it. And instead of just using coercion, we're using empowerment, which is what public health has long been about, is trying to understand people's lived experience, meet them where they are, and empower them to make better decisions about their own health. 
Um, now, the WHO has it recommends, doesn't it, seven, that um, the ta- tobacco tax should be 75% of the cost of a, of a packet of cigarettes. Do, do, do you support that? No, well, it, it's a fairly meaningless number because uh, the cigarette companies can adjust the price hmm. uh, in all sorts of ways because cigarettes are incredibly inexpensive to make. Uh, so they really dictate what percentage of the price is going to go to taxes by deciding how much they're going to charge. So you can buy cigarettes in some parts of the world for like U.S. 20 cents a pack, and in other places they're over U.S. 20 dollars. Uh, so 75 percent varies a great deal. The key thing really is looking at affordability and what can we do to affect the affordability, not just of cigarettes, but the alternatives to cigarettes, so that we know that cigarettes are extraordinarily deadly. We know they're deadly because people are inhaling smoke. We know you can get the nicotine that these people are seeking to deal with their dependency without having to inhale smoke, so massively less risky. Okay. And we can use pricing to move people down that continuum of risk, but give them somewhere to go rather than saying abstinence, it's either quit or die. Okay. Uh, we're going to coerce you. Okay. We're going to have to take a break for the news there. Do, 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 do stay with us. Uh, our guests will be staying on. And uh, uh, please, please do stay with us to continue the discussion after, after the news. And you're welcome to uh, comment. You can call us anytime on 233-88266. Also, several comments on our Facebook page we'll get to after news. Uh, and later on, we're also going to be hearing about that very successful conclusion to uh, Operation Santa Claus, um, which was announced last night. Almost 15 million raised mm. this year. Very impressive indeed. Uh, the weather forecast. Uh, mainly cloudy. It's going to be foggy with one or two uh, light rain patches, uh, but there will be sunny periods in the afternoon. Temperature's going to rise to 23 degrees later, but it's currently 21 degrees. Relative humidity, 95%. It's 9.30. Here's Hayley with the news. The Hong Kong Council on Smoking and Health says the government should move towards a tobacco endgame should it hit 7.8% smoking rate target in 2025. The endgame, defined as the end of commercial tobacco and nicotine use, has been adopted by countries such as the UK, New Zealand and Malaysia. U.S. Senators have criticized the chief executives of five of the world's most popular social media firms for failing to keep children safe online. The heads of Meta, TikTok, X, Snap and Discord were being questioned by the Senate Judicial Committee in Washington. And the U.S. court documents show Hollywood actor Alec Baldwin has pleaded not guilty to manslaughter charges over the death of a woman shot on the set of a Western. Mr. Baldwin, a producer and star of the film, was charged last month over the 2021 death of Helena Hudgens during the filming of the movie Rust in New Mexico. I'll have more news for you at 10 o'clock. This year, the International Chinese New Year Night Parade is back. Marvel at rows of breathtaking floats and enjoy performances by local and international groups. Come join the festivities at 8 p.m. on February 10th in Chimsa Choi. And let's celebrate the Year of the Dragon together. Please maintain order and use public transport. Wow, you look so good, darling. (laughs) Really? You don't smell like cigarettes anymore. The doctor said my blood pressure has improved, too. Friends said I play basketball better after quitting. I knew you could do it, dear. I'm going to ask my friends to quit smoking. Everyone supports you to quit smoking. Don't give up. Quit now. Call 1-833-183. 
Welcome back to Back Chat. I'm Danny Gittings. And I'm Philip Wong. And in the second half of the show, we're going to be continuing our discussion about uh, the uh, Council on uh, Hong Kong Council on Smoking and Health's proposal that the budget should increase the uh, uh, the price of a packet of cigarettes above a hundred hundred dollars by increasing the tax on the packet of cigarettes to seventy five percent, which was proposal put forward in the government's consultation exercise um, uh, last uh, year. Uh, later on, we're going to be hearing uh, from representatives from RTHK and uh, South China Morning Post about the extremely successful. Operation Santa Claus, which uh, uh, just concluded with a, uh, a lovely closing ceremony last night. I was there, and with they raised almost 15 million, 14.9 million to be precise. Uh, so stay with us uh, for both tom- com- topics, and we'd love to hear your views. Um, best way to hear your views, of course, is to call us on 233 um, We've also got some comments on um, on, our, on our Facebook page. I'll go to those first, and then I'll, 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 I'll bring in our caller. Um, let's just run through the uh, quickly through the comments coming on the Facebook page. Uh, Ilno says, any incentives aimed at promoting a healthier lifestyle and assisting individuals in quitting smoking should be warmly embraced by the public. The increase in tobacco tax, just one of many measures to achieve this goal. It's a win-win situation for all stakeholders in making Hong Kong a smoke-free city. In the government's latest public consultation on tobacco control measures, there were proposed measures such as banning smoking in public places, particularly while walking, which I fully support. Short and to the point, uh, Polly says it's back to health, to the community, to the world. Just increase it to 100%. I'm sure she means there the uh, increase the tobacco tax. The proposal is to increase to 75%. Polly, go even further um, to 100%. Polly, if you'd like to expand on that, uh, do do feel free to call us, 233-88266. Finally, uh, from uh, Facebook... uh, Henry says, I fully support increasing the tax on, ci- on cigarettes. Cigarette smoking and vaping is harmful. Uh, the, uh, it's, it's harmful for health, is well known. Even smokers know this, but people are weak and think, oh, these smoking cause diseases won't affect me or only affect somebody else. On this topic, I still find that people doing vaping in the streets, this should have been banned. To discourage more smoke, to encourage more smokers to quit, the government should do some ads on TV and mu- mu- <coughs> in movie theaters showing how previous smokers are suffering from smoking health-related re- uh, diseases. Some frank confessions from uh, smokers like Yul Brynner did. I think this is most effective. Thank you to all uh, uh, for all those comments. And indeed, uh, I read out earlier a comment from uh, Mike on Facebook. I said, "Best way to get your views across, of course, is to call us on two three three double eight two six six, and Mike has." just done that good morning mike yeah it took me about 25 <laughs> minutes to get through but here i am sorry about that. we'll try to speed up now we need to get back to our guests but do do, 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 do tell us your thoughts and then we'll put them I, t- first of all probably most important nicotine isn't harmful are you serious go google it it okay. is it, okay it i'm has, not quite sure who has, said that nicotine isn't harmful uh but anyway canadian from your Canadian speaker. Oh, okay, and, uh, David Sweeney. We'll, 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 we'll go to him in a moment. I'm not quite sure he said that, but we'll give him a chance to respond. Okay, yeah, so that's the first point. What's the second point, Mike? As long as Judith has, um, Stephen Elwood even thought it was ridiculous when 40-some years ago I suggested that we have rooms in the airport where people that wanted to go smoke could go into the room and smoke. And that was that was deemed ridiculous. So, you know, I'm on the non um, non non smoking side, but I'm also on the truthful side. And when the government puts out advertisements and puts out 
things that are not truthful. I mean, if I stop smoking, I am not going to play better basketball. I'm sorry that there's nothing that's related to that. But it's, uh, uh, and a lot of the medical, and some of the medical advice that we get um, isn't, has, has some real problems. Um, someone would say that if you reduce your smoking, that's actually helpful. Well, it really doesn't do very much to reduce smoking. Uh, I mean, to reduce uh, the risk of uh, a cardiac event if you reduce, because actually one or two cigarettes is as harmful cardiovascularly as as smoking a pack of cigarettes. Okay, let's go to the, this point. Thank you very much for calling in, Mike. Uh, and uh, other listeners, you, you, if you please, please do jo- join the discussion. Call us 233 uh, Let's put those points to our, to our guests. Thank you very much, Mike. Um, and I know uh, Derek Chung from uh, University of Hong Kong has to, to go in a moment. So let's just, just quickly go to him. That, that point that uh, smoking uh, one or two cigarettes is as harmful for your, uh, your heart as um, smoking an entire packet. Did you agree with that, uh, um, Dr. Chung? Well, we, well, I know that many people know already know about the harmful the harmfulness of the smoking, and and you, you know we know that all these uh, tobacco related diseases and uh, heart diseases, cancers, and so on. But uh, so what we also like to convey to the public is that very simple message is that one in two smokers will be died of a smoking related diseases. So it's very more easier message to to convey to let people know that the harmfulness. And if we, and in other way to say that if we can help uh, two smokers to quit, uh, then one of one of them will be uh, will be that their life will be safe. So this is more important message to be to tell the public. Okay, thank you very much for joining us on the uh, Chat this morning, uh, Dr. Chung. And now our caller Mike also had some comments directed at our other two guests. So let's bring them back in, give them a chance to respond. And let's first of all go to uh, David Sweener at the University of Ottawa. Um, David Sweener, uh, d- did you say that nicotine is is not addictive? No, the uh, nicotine is certainly addictive, particularly when it's delivered by smoke, uh, because that's going straight into the lungs. So the the addictiveness of a product is, is very much related to how it's delivered into the body. If you're smoking something, you're injecting it into your veins, uh, that, that is going to be more addictive. And there's harm in everything. But the key thing here is that there's this vast continuum of risk. So that inhaling smoke, if you got your caffeine by smoking tea leaves rather than brewing them, is going to be massively more hazardous to you. And cigarettes are massively more hazardous than getting nicotine in various other ways, including nicotine medicine, the, the Nicorette type products. But we've got a range of non-combustion products and we've seen proof of this in places like Sweden that now have very low smoking rates. They have a lot of tobacco use, it's not cigarette. And their disease rates are massively lower than other countries. They're not seeing the lung cancer and the oral cancer and the respiratory uh, illnesses, the other things caused by inhaling smoke. So if we're looking at this from a rational standpoint of empowering people to improve their health, giving them options beyond saying you have to quit. Because as we, we've all been saying, and we've been work, many of us have been working on this for decades, the ability of people to simply quit is very low. The ability of people to get their nicotine from a different source and a, a, less, a less addictive source is really high. So let's work with people, empower them to make better decisions, use tax policy not as a blunt instrument, 
but as an instrument as part of an overall plan to say, how can we reduce cigarette smoking as rapidly as possible and indeed replicate what we're now seeing in many other countries around the world that have reduced cigarette smoking by half in just a few years simply by giving people an alternative. What if we combine that with differential pricing? Could we reduce cigarette smoking by say 80% in three to five years? We probably could, but we, we need to work with people and empower them, facilitate them, rather than punish them. Now, Professor F- uh, Sweener, it's my turn to ask <laughs> questions. Um, yeah. now, so earlier before the break, you mentioned one of the countries that have been successful in reducing the number of uh, smokers is Japan, which I'm a little bit shocked yeah. by. You know, you know, as a as a Hong Konger, yeah. uh, as a Hong Konger, we must go to Japan uh, five times a year, <laughs> and every time in there, I see yeah. smokers left, right, and center. But you know, besides besides, besides that, you know, you mentioned about alternatives. You know, you know, Japan. Uh, providing yeah. alternatives to, to them. Like, what kind of alternatives are you talking about? Well, the, there's a whole range of non-combustible alternatives. And what we've seen in Japan, they, they mm, simply yeah. allowed one, a heated tobacco product that doesn't require combustion. And since that product's been introduced, the number of cigarettes being sold in Japan has dropped by half in seven years. In New Zealand, it's been largely through vaping. In Sweden and Norway and Iceland, it's been through oral tobacco products and now just oral uh, nicotine pouches. So in Iceland, there's virtually no smoking by anybody under the age of 50. Uh, Many of them are still using tobacco. They've just switched to or nicotine. They've just switched to something that doesn't require combustion. So they, in terms of risk, they just dramatically reduce their risk. They're fighting back against cigarette companies that I think one of the most egregious things they ever did was convincing people that cigarettes are the only thing you can use and everything else is just as hazardous and nicotine itself is really dangerous, so it doesn't really matter that you smoke. Well, in fact, there's an enormous difference in risk. Cigarettes are just a really lethal delivery system. We give people an alternative, they, they act, and it's empowering people. Okay. It's what's worked historically. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, we, we're almost out of time, but we, we, we should give uh, Dr. Judith Mackay a chance to uh, respond to uh, comments that were made uh, by uh, our listener, listener Mike. So, uh, Dr. Mackay, the uh, last word this morning on this discussion goes to you. Yes, I'd like to say two things quite sh- quite shortly. Um, David Sweener genuinely believes that vaping is an answer to the tobacco epidemic. In Hong Kong, we've taken a quite different path. We have banned the vaping products and heated tobacco products on the basis of several arguments that we really can't go into this morning. But just remember, we're doing something right in Hong Kong because we're in single figures, our prevalence of smoking. And we've done that without the use of vaping products. We've been hugely successful in that response. You do not need vaping products to bring your prevalence of smoking right down. And the second thing, again, very briefly to reassure Mike, I think your caller, is that there are enormous benefits of quitting to health. Even within a few days, your heart, your blood pressure, your circulation shows improvement. And by a year, you've reduced your excess risk of coronary heart disease by half. Five to 15 years, you reduce your risk of stroke, the risk of lung cancer after 10 years, and after 15 years. And remember, 
even if you're 60 years old, your life expectancy is well beyond 15 years. You're practically down to the risk of a never smoker. So it's never too late to quit. And you get enormous health benefits. I'm not quite sure about playing basketball um, because the years go by. But it, it's a massively good thing. If you have to choose one thing to do, no, I'll say two things to do for your health. Stay on your feet and keep walking and certainly quit smoking okay. cigarettes if you are a smoker. Okay, that's a very sound note to finish on. So thank you very much uh, to uh, doc- that was Dr. Judith Mackay, uh, the director of the Asian Consultancy on uh, Tobacco Control, and also to our other guests in the uh, uh, this part of the, the discussion, uh, Dr. Derek Chung from the School of Nursing at the uh, University of Hong Kong, and uh, David Sweeney joining us all the way over from uh, Canada from uh, the University of Ottawa, where he's the chair of the Advisory Committee of Law, uh, Policy and Ethics. Uh, stay with us. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. Now, Operation Santa Claus rounded up last night with a fantastic closing ceremony. I was there and there was a great suspense as we, we watched the, uh, the figure being unveiled. Um, 14.9 million, t- tantalizingly close to 15 million, but still a, a, a very impressive. And uh, actually, what I found even more impressive was uh, the editor in chief of the South China Morning Post um, uh, mentioning the total figure that Operation Santa Claus has raised in the 36 years we've been going up uh, uh, 383 million, now very close to um, 400 million. Uh, joining us to discuss uh, the success of this year's um, Operation uh, Santa Claus and, uh, and it's, 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 it's long-term success um, is uh, Jim Gould from RTHK's English Programme Service, more usually behind the microphone here. So yeah, <laughs> welcome. It makes a change. Is this the yeah. first time you've been a guest on Back Chat? Uh, no, there have been <laughs> previous occasions, but it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> um, and um, Irene Kwan. Irene Kwan is the Senior Manager for Operation Santa Claus at SCMP Charities. So um, welcome. Uh, congratulations. It really is the chief and Jim first. Yeah, thank you. Yes, yeah. Well, it was a, a great occasion last night uh, uh, and a fantastic location. Uh, we were at uh, Crown Wine Cellars, which is in uh, Chuson Hill or Deepwater Bay, depending on how you look at the uh, geography. Uh, but it's a lovely location. Um, it's a, a wine storage facility and a private dining club. Um, it's uh, owned by um, Jim Thompson, who's the founder of the Crown Worldwide Group and a longtime supporter of uh, Operation Santa Claus. Um, so we had about 100 people there, I think, uh, donors, um, beneficiaries, and, uh, well, like you say, you were there great, yourself. Great yeah, what was the really yeah, great yeah, atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> there just so many people there. That, um, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was. And, and, and it's of course, lovely to see her. The- yeah, you mentioned, um, you, you mentioned the figure raised from this year's uh, campaign. Um, we had a, a little sort of bit of a ceremony to unveil the figure step by step. Um, I think um, Irene is here. She's going to tell us the exact figure. Yeah, hi, Jim. And um, we're happy to have uh, reviewed uh, our total fundraising amount. Um, that is 14 million. Eight hundred and twenty-six thousand and three hundred and twenty dollars, and it all thanks to the collective efforts and generosity of our community. Mm, yeah, great, uh, great effort, wasn't it? And th- there were a, a number of awards handed out last night as well. Six, six awards for uh, fundraising efforts. So uh, perhaps uh, Irene, do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Um, we are lovely to have um, our donors' support, and we have a top. Corporate fundraiser, Morgan Stanley, uh, top school fundraiser, DSC International School, most creative corporate fundraiser, Hong Kong Disneyland Resorts, most creative school fundraiser, 
Korean International School, Best Center Helper Award, Swai Properties, New Center Helper Award, HKT. Thank you very much for their support. Um, I mean, just to clarify, I think it's 14,926,000, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, nine hundred twenty-six thousand, yeah, yeah. right? Yes, so, yeah, almost fifteen million. <laughs> yeah, 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 very sure good. Sure, you're a very, a very good total. Yeah, now, when yeah. you mention these, um, these, uh, these, these, these top sponsors, some of them are familiar figures. From I, I've been going to these ceremonies for many years, and Jim, you've been doing it even longer, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Morgan Stanley comes up again and again, but there were some new ones last night, weren't they? Uh, yes, yes, we had. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, let me, let me just give you an idea of, uh, of some of the top um, sponsors and donors then. So, uh, well, uh, 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 HKT, that was, the, uh, that was the first time, I mean, wasn't it? The first time yeah. they'd been involved. Yeah, yeah. And they, they uh, took part in the uh, <clears throat> Swire Properties White Christmas Street Fair, which is an, uh, an annual event. This year was a bit, um, bit expanded because it was done over two weekends for the first time um, in, in uh, Taiku Place. Uh, and uh, HKT got involved. Uh, they had a, a stall, uh, which was, I think, was it d- designed by students, by a group of students? That, 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 yeah, yeah, they, yeah. yeah. The, uh, a group of students um, uh, in their pacemaking academy. Uh, mm. They train up uh, the university students mm. to uh, host an event, which is really a great and meaningful to us. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so also um, other donors include uh, the Shaw Foundation, Morgan Stanley, as you mentioned, uh, the Hong Kong Golf Club. Um, um, they're another long-term supporter. Um, they have an event called uh, the Cup of Kindness, which uh, tends to be held in October. Uh, so it's before the start of the main fundraising period. But uh, uh, this year they presented a check for 1.5 million to Operation Santa Claus, which is uh, which is great. Um, the bulk of that actually goes to the Home of Loving Faithfulness, which is yeah. uh, which is near the near the golf club uh, and I've, so in the Fanling area. But they all they also make a donation to the pool for the fundraising pool, which is distributed among the the 16 NGOs that we yeah, were supporting you, this year. You want to talk more about, I mean, yeah. we talked a lot about the, um, the sponsors, the donors, and they're very important and grateful thanks to them. Without them, there's no Operation Santa Claus, but the whole purpose is, is to raise money for good causes. Maybe you'd like to tell us a bit more about the, the causes being supported this year. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we I mean, have a wide range of uh, uh, beneficiaries, uh, ranging from children and youth, elderly, com- uh, community, physical and mental disability, uh, medical, and environmental causes, and and they are Wing Lili, St. Barnabas Society and Home, SLCO Community Resource, Teens Key Hong Kong, Yama Foundation, the Subin uh, Foundation, Asia Pacific Youth Development Foundation, Children Chiropractic uh, Foundation Limited, Christian Action uh, Center for Refugees, Footlink Foundation, Home of Loving Faithfulness, as uh, Jim had mentioned, The Hub, Impact Hong Kong, Inspiring Girls, and iBell. They are really lovely courses. I read that, I mean, that's the idea, it's, it's, it's thought that this year's, um, this year's, the money raised this year will support more than 11,000 11, Hong Kong people. Where, where's that yeah. figure, 11,000, come from? Maybe it's a number of people in these charities or...? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are uh, the beneficiaries from the 16 NGOs. But how do you say uh, 16 NGOs equals 11,000 people? Oh, oh, oh uh, because uh, we have, uh, the, the NGO has uh, submitted the proposals and they mention about the uh, beneficiary numbers and we add up 
and it accounts for that number. Okay, yeah. um, maybe Jim, you want to pick up? It's not as far as I understand. I've never been involved in the process. It's not easy to become a. Be- be- I mean, you, you go for a very rigorous process in choosing these beneficiaries, don't yeah, you? Well, well, that's right. Yes. Uh, usually, what happens is uh, around about the middle of the year. Um, so, um, Operation Centre uh, will invite applications uh, for support from the campaign, and then and then uh, NGOs can submit their uh, applications, their proposals. Uh, um, they're, they're then sort of um, <clears throat> put into a. A shortlist. A shortlist is produced of maybe about 20, and then there's a committee. There's a committee, the the, the uh, beneficiaries uh, selection committee, uh, which meets. That's made up of um, uh, officials from uh, the SCMP and also RTHK, and also representatives of uh, uh, some of the main donors. And uh, Hong Kong Council of Social Service, which uh, which does due diligence and vetting for us, and then the, the committee meets. Uh, the NGOs come and uh, they make their presentations, and um, and they're, they're, they're judged on, on the merits of those proposals. Um, and that's how we come up with uh, our, our list of beneficiaries. We tend to support. Um, uh, um, we try to look to support smaller charities, which don't necessarily have other forms of. Uh, of uh, financial backing, and also we uh, support special projects. Um, you know, the funds are not for the um, you know the, the recurring running costs of uh, NGOs. It's a, for the special projects that they're undertaking. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there there are the listeners listening this morning representing <coughs> NGOs who I mean, they hear this 14.9 million. I think. Yeah. Um, how can I get a, a slice of that uh, next year for for mm. my good cause? I mean, what what's your advice to anyone who's listening, who's thinking, who, who runs a, a charity that hasn't applied before? Or okay, um, uh, right, maybe Irene uh, would know more about that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I'm happy to share. Um, uh, just like our angel beneficiary uh, mentioned last night, uh, OSC is a great platform to build a, a public awareness um, of their good cause. And also uh, through the... Sorry co- to interrupt. That, that's, a, that's a very good point you raised because it's not just about the money, is it, right? Yeah. The money, certainly the money is important, but it's also uh, they get so much exposure through Operation Santa Claus, don't they? Yeah. And it also, it's a great platform for the, our donors, our supporters to uh, unite together, to come together, to like fundraise for us to, to, uh, for a good cause during Christmas. Yeah. And as, I suppose if, you know, interested charities want to be involved, they should be st- should start looking during June, right, when the selection process uh, sure. begins. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we, we, we publicise it, of course, uh, in the SCMP and uh, on uh, RTHK Radio 3. Um, and, um, yeah, usually the, the response is very strong. Yeah, yeah, over 200 applicants. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. for this particular event that just ended, has it been, you know, different, you know, in compared to previous years? I mean, this is the one whole year where, you know, it's interrupted by COVID. So I'm just wondering if it's been a little bit special. Mm. Last, uh, we didn't uh, celebrate uh, in life and mm. even face-to-face uh, after a number of uh, COVID and social events. But... Um, we are happy to come back, uh, especially the last time is 2018 in the same venue. We are so happy to have uh, the uh, ceremony back. Yeah. 
yeah. at the same place. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the last few years, the, the, we haven't actually had a cl closing ceremony because it's been too difficult to organise because of restrictions on numbers and that sort of thing, and everybody wearing masks. And uh, so, yeah. so uh, uh, yeah, so it, it was great. And, and a lot of other uh, events which were difficult to organise during the pandemic, um, and they've they've all come back. I mean, we had some, we've had some great fundraising events this time, haven't we, um, Irene? Yeah. Yeah, our events are really uh, lovely and fun. Uh, over the past two months, we have uh, over 30 uh, fundraising events and all initiated by our major donors. Um, there are a number of uh, street fairs, choir singing, uh, sports competition like uh, golf, uh, football, squash, running, and charity sales, and even baking. Um, we are happy to have our uh, younger generation to join us. Uh, that is school to be our valued uh, partners. Um, we uh, we have we are happy to have uh, our students to be educated about the importance of do, uh, doing good deeds during uh, Christmas and beyond. So that's a, that's a very good point you make. You know, engaging you know students. You know, because obviously it starts at a very young age. <laughs> educating yeah. them. Are you gonna make more efforts into like engaging more and more students? Yeah, yeah. We are looking forward to have uh, more schools to uh, support us and join us and and uh, doing good deeds during um, the Christmas time. Yeah, we are looking forward to it. Now, the problem with having such a successful year is you set very high expectations for the next year. How, how do you talk? I mean, and next year we'll be looking at comparing with this year's figure. So, how, how do you beat such a successful year? Well, I mean, we, we pull out all the stops and we, we do our best. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's nice to raise a, a good total in each campaign, um, but we're not going to beat ourselves up if we don't beat the previous total. Uh, you know, as, as long as uh, as long as it's a, a respectable figure, which of course uh, this year it was and uh, we've uh, we're going to be able to fulfill uh, all our commitments to the 16 ngos that we're supporting so so hopefully everybody's going to be happy and i also wonder i mean there's very few causes like this that have been going for 36 years i mean it's amazing right I mean, you think of other events in hong kong like the hong kong marathon hasn't been only going a fraction of the time i mean they're babies compared with operation santa claus how, how do you keep up the momentum on an event that's been going just for so long and so many other events have die away in the meantime. I think it actually helps that we have been going that long because uh, because it's a very well-known campaign in the community and it, and and, it, and and we have a, a lot of long-term supporters and sponsors and and um, and and you know the the the, uh, the campaign has its own momentum um, you know which and, and the longevity of it is part of that. And internally, you have the sort of the, you, 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 you know how to do it. It's the same procedures internally every year, isn't it? Right? That's right. That's right. And also, I, I must at this point, I must give a quick shout out to, to Irene and, and her assistant, um, Ariel Lowe, and also uh, their intern, Lucy Lau, because it's a new team. A new, a new team took over uh, last year. Um, so it was a transitional po process and, and they've done a great job and worked very hard and worked very well with us and, and picked up on the great work of the previous team. So everything's good. OK, well, congratulations, Irene. We've got about 20 seconds left. So I'll give the last, last word to you. 
Yeah, thank you. Uh, we look forward to having more uh, like minded friends to join us uh, serving the community. Um, the spirit of giving shouldn't be limited to Christmas, but every day throughout the year. That is a lovely note to finish on. So <laughs> thank you so much indeed uh, to, uh, uh, you just heard uh, Irene Kwan from uh, SEMP Charities and uh, Jim Gould from here on English Language Services on RTHK um, on that very successful end uh, to um, Operation Santa Claus. And uh, thank you, of course, to uh, Phil Wong. Uh, Back Chat will be back tomorrow with uh, Andrew and uh, Rainbow. So do join us again tomorrow. 